Well, this meeting can commence. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, now that I have some real coffee. Because I don't know what I made, but it was not coffee. Guess Just what? pure mud, huh? It was um, it was a K-Pod, and it was this blend. I don't even like eggnog, but this blend is pretty good. But I didn't have any creamer. But I did have, like, sugar-free syrups. I had sugar-free vanilla, and I added milk. But I like my coffee strong anyway, so I'm like, milk will be fine. It was not fine. <laughs> At all. It was it was terrible. I always drink the same thing every morning. It's this Kona coffee uh, from Mods and uh, M-A-U-D uh, Intelligent Blends or something like that. That's the name of the company, but it's pretty good. It's got enough sweetness to it that I can drink it black. So. Ugh, you're the worst. <laughs> you're one of those. You're a psychopath. I don't even know you. I just realized I don't even know you. <laughs> Only psychos drink their coffee black. You've seen the news. I know you've read the articles. <laughs> I like my women like I like my coffee ground up and in the freezer. Yeah, I'm fucking fat. <laughs> uh, I like my creamer with a splash of coffee. Yeah, that that's a lot of people. And if I get anything from Starbucks, I usually get something that's like overly blown out with like, uh, you know, a sugar-free vanilla syrup and all this other stuff just because I don't like their coffee, to be honest. It's too, <laughs> it's got too much of a burnt taste to it. I don't think they, they, they uh, cook the beans right, but. Have you heard of, well, you had to have heard of Dutch Bros. Uh, I have not, actually. Okay. I want to say it's just, oh God, I know they're in Oregon. It's, it's like a West Coast thing for sure. Uh, I think they have some in Texas. They're kind of branching out, but they started, I want to say they started in Oregon. And they have every kind of sugar-free drink you can imagine, so it's a diabetic's dream. But their coffee makes my stomach hurt. Like, I, I don't have to excessively go to the bathroom or anything. It just makes it hurt like I got kicked in it. And then it goes away after a couple hours. But it's like the weirdest thing. It's like, okay, I can understand probably, maybe. They probably have too much acidity to the yes, bean or something. Probably. Um, their coffee's good. Hella good. And, um, yeah, so anyways, um, and I haven't tried Dunkin's. I probably should give them a try. I don't know what sugar-free options they have, if any. Um, Starbucks only has sugar-free vanilla. Uh, I can drink yep. their coffee without getting hurt physically, so. <laughs> it's Starbucks for me. So, anyways, I, I was just trying to research right before you got on here how we could possibly watch that Eli Roth uh, Valentine's Day slasher oh, that just came yeah. out on the VR system. Apparently, it's uh, the if you didn't watch the premiere in the metaverse or meta worlds or whatever, they're going that. to have it on MetaQuest TV. Okay. I haven't looked into it to see how much if they'll charge for that. So. Hold on one second. I, I just think it's funny because the design of the slasher is exactly the look of the one from the Valentine movie, yeah. even though he's claiming it's not a sequel or anything to that. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, be mine. So how do we watch it? They said it's also supposed to be available for just like regular viewing without the three. Well, maybe with some 3d functions, but um, on Facebook somewhere. Yeah. So I'm on the Oculus's page right now. Um, clearly we missed it. 
Um, no, well, leave me alone. Yeah, it was available on the 10th, but I was just like, mm, I'm not going to even attempt to do that. Yeah. As it was premiering. Yeah, that would be probably too hard. Yeah, it's just really not giving a lot of information about it, I, but I'm interested in it in the, in the VR for whatever reason. I need to get one of those special, oh my God, it really literally has the mask. Yeah, it looks the same, except it's cracked versus oh, the yeah. one that was in. Yeah. Um, mm, 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 mm. Fuck, I don't know. Whatever. There's no information. Eli Roth, what the fuck, dude? We're trying to promote, okay? He, I don't know. It probably, <clears throat> it's probably not him handling that. I had the discussion with Cody the other day about Eli Roth, and we both basically said that Eli Roth is one of the best horror fans or the most famous ones, but as far as, like, his ability to actually make a good horror movie, it's like he's made one, and then he's, like, coasted off of it after that. Yeah. And that was, like, cabin fever, in my opinion. We'll have to discuss that during... Wait, is... No? What is cabin fever? What, what genre? It's It's a weird one because it's... It's almost human horror because, like, the only thing that's, I mean, really horrific about it is the fact that when the, I mean, it's 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 almost zombie-ish because of the fact that they're breaking out with this, you know, terrible, like, flesh disease, but it's the horrible ways in which they treat each other once they catch the disease that actually makes the horror of the movie. So I think it's more human horror than it is anything. It's almost like, it's almost like camping. Or being out in the woods could have its own yeah, season. It's, yeah, Cabin in the Woods is almost its own genre at this yeah. point. But yeah, it's, it's one of those. God, we could have a Cabin in the Woods season. Anyways. All right. Shall we get this party started? Uh, yes. We never we never plan accordingly. And we sh- it probably should be consistent every time. Is it going to be a cold open? Oh, wait. We're going to do the disclaimer first and then cold open? Disclaimer first and cold open, huh? Disclaimer first, cold open, definitely a cold open this time because I was hoping the first mm-hmm. half or the first, you know, episode of this, of the two for this one is that we do the cold open, we discuss some things like, you know, do the intro and all that, and then we discuss Valentine. That should take up a good enough chunk to for its own, and then we can just do my bloody Valentine original and remake and on its own thing. Got it. And then... um the Valentine song. Oh, the song you sent me, which I did. Hold on, make sure I have the button for it. <laughs> That's for after we, the final part of this double yeah, episode. Yeah, My Bloody Valentine, because it's specifically the ballad of Harry Warden or whatever, which kind of fits both Bloody Valentine movies, considering they both had him as a character in it. Yeah, okay, perfect. All right, ready to roll? Yep. Let's go. Welcome to Death Holler. Do you like scary movies? Welcome to season three, slash or pass. There will be 
Laughter. <laughs> Tears. <laughs> Tender moments. Jeez. Jeez. My special, special boy. But most of all, screams. Remember, when you're in Death Holler, listener discretion is always advised. We hope you have a killer time. Well, it's been a minute. What's been going on in your part of the world? Well, I feel like we take, what, a two-week break. It was two weeks or was it longer? Uh, I feel like it was about two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. It feels like it's been for freaking ever. <laughs> oh, my God, we got to get back on this. What is going on right now? Uh, what's been going on my end of the world? I've been getting into death stares with my 15-year-old, um, and I'm losing my power. <laughs> like, I do not have it anymore. The mean Latina, it's there. I'm a mean Latina mom, but only when I need to be. But in a death stare, man, it's not happening. Uh, so there's that. But I've also made a promise recently to Thomas Cowley, who does not listen to the show. So I don't know why I said his name like that. But anyways, uh, he, he, I made a promise that I would check out Knock at the, Knock at the Cabin. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the new uh, Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movie. Yes. Uh, have you watched yet? I have not. I, I thought about it, and we almost did this weekend. I, hell, I might even tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, if we change our plans and the movie theater's open, that's a whole weird thing where since COVID, they're only open from like Thursday through Sunday, which I can't blame them. But, I mean, I might be seeing it here soon. Just kind of depends. Yeah, I said I'd probably check it out. I did listen to the first half of their review over on Rain Man Critique Revolve. And uh, um, I, I I was starting to lose, like, uh, I don't know, hope. We'll just say hope. <laughs> A little bit, but I did want to see, there's an actor in it, um, oh God, he plays uh, Drax. Yeah, Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista. And as a person, as an actor, I don't know him personally, obviously, none of us do, but like, I feel like he's genuinely a good person. Like, he really, really wants to be good at his craft. Um, I hear he's like the nicest person to ever meet, uh, that he's very gracious to people. Um, again, a lot of actors do just act like that's a thing because they feel like they have to. Yeah. Um, but I hear really good things about him. I've heard him in interviews. I want to say, wasn't he on Inside of You? I think he was. Well, not me personally, but uh, Michael Rosenbaum, <laughs> maybe. So. That was a <laughs> yeah, Hey, wasn't he Inside of You one time? <laughs> Uh, awkward. Um, so I, I believe he was on that podcast and in that podcast, however you want to word it. And I, I was like, man, this dude sounds really genuine. So I kind of want to watch it just to see how he's growing as an actor, because I know he is uh, hell bent on that. Yeah. Everything you said uh, from what I've seen too, he, 
he's start that's one reason why he's trying to move away from the roles like Drax because he doesn't want like to be one note goofy. He doesn't want the rock syndrome basically. He wants to be a dramatic actor. And from what I can tell in some of the other movies he's been in since Drax, he actually has the chops to do it, unlike yeah. a lot of the wrestlers turned, you know, yeah. actors. So he I heard that he actually pays and takes lessons and goes to classes and everything like that. So he's really trying to learn the craft or craft the art, if you will. Um, Mike and Thomas did say that one thing. And I, I unfortunately have to agree. Maybe is that he's going to have to slim down, not because he's fat. He is like pure muscle and it kind of gives that, he kind of only puts him in selective roles because of his body, which is, that's a thing for guys too. Yeah, he's, he's a little too hulking to play like characters that you're supposed to be like frightened for or anything like that. And he's also, the way that he carries himself still from his wrestling career probably is that he's more, you're automatically prone to think of him as the antagonist versus the protagonist in a lot of cases. Could you imagine him in the role for Freaky Friday as the killer. He would have probably been pretty good. Yeah. I, have, I mean, like we said, I still think Vince Vaughn was actually pretty good at that, and I don't know why he's not done more roles like that. I just can't imagine Dave Bautista playing the pretty princess, but then imagining it is pretty hilarious. Like, he would give it his all for sure. Um, I've also heard that Rupert Grant, which I know you're not a big Harry Potter fan, there's a whole big thing with Hogwarts, uh, you know, uh, uh, the game or whatever that just came out, but uh, uh, Rupert Grant, who played Ron Weasley, is actually very good as like this creepy redneck in uh, Knock at the Cabin or whatever. So oh, okay, I, yeah. I've heard that that's a that's I heard that's a pretty good role for him. Okay, hold on. Um, I can't even pick. Okay, there he is. Uh oh, oh, him, Ron Weasley. Why didn't yeah. you just say that? He doesn't have a real name. <laughs> just like dean winchester doesn't have a real name like well, I mean. that's we're gonna that's gonna be a thing in the podcast i even in the notes he is dean winchester yeah. and we'll get to that we're but, so rude um yeah i mean rupert grant's like the only thing i've seen him in recently besides i mean the knock the cabin he's supposed to be in that um or is that one of those uh, Cabinet of Curiosity episodes. Uh, I think it's like Dreams in the Witch House, and he's pretty good in that. The episode itself stinks, but like Rupert is really good at the character he's playing. So. Yeah, um, I joke about Rupert Grant calling him Ron Weasley. I actually, I think he's a good actor. I, again, haven't seen him in a ton of things, but I think he's more than just Ron Weasley, honestly. He's one of those uh, people that comes off that way. Yeah, he's actually going out of his way to distance himself from that character because the character was always kind of like the comic relief of the Harry Potter film. Yeah. And like everything that I've seen him in since then, I mean, as an adult at least, because he did this stupid thing called Thunderpants or something <laughs> as a kid, which was like him basically a superhero that farts all the time. But anyways, Sounds like anything awesome. he's done as an adult, it's like a serious dramatic role. So like okay. he's really going for that route. Good for him. I hope he does well. So what have you um, been doing in this two weeks? I'm looking weeks? forward to that. Uh, what have I been doing? Like, I well, one thing I watched is Infinity Pool, which is uh, 
from uh, David Cronenberg's son. So it's got the body horror uh, going on. I mean, like father, like son on that. Um, it's stars. Uh, Mia goth is like the oh, uh, kind the of the antagonist cover. of the film. <laughs> the up and coming horror scream queen, Mia goth. Oh yeah. Yeah. She is great in infinity pool. Like she, a lot of people have started uh, fan casting her as the new Harley Quinn if they decide to go a different route in James Gunn's DC universe. And I could see it because she is completely, by the end of the film, completely unhinged. And she plays crazy very well. Um, yeah, she, but does she uh, have the, movies, the looks, though? She could. I mean, if you've ever seen her with the blonde uh, hair, she could play a Harley Quinn very easily. Okay. I'm skeptical. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is, just like Cody mentioned to me, uh, the one of the guys I work with, he, he said that she uh, sold her eyebrows for fame. And it's kind of funny because if you ever watch her in a movie now, she has no eyebrows. Like, I, I, she must be naturally blonde or she shaves them off. So, yeah, uh, they're not there. It's okay, girl. I got you. I got a Sharpie in my, you know, makeup bag. It's always just for an emergency. You know, chulas around the world, we got you. Okay. There's always, we can just draw those bad boys right on for you. <laughs> Uh, it's got one of the scars guards in it. Infinity pool. He plays kind of like the lead and, and the, the gist of the movie is pretty cool because it's like they, um, they're staring, staying at this resort in like this, uh, foreign country. And of course the country's poor as dirt. The resort's like for only rich people. And, uh, it, one night when they're out like getting drunk basically and this is the start of the movie so it's not really spoiling anything uh scars guard is the one is asked to drive and he's like completely wasted and he agrees to do it anyways and he accidentally hits one of the locals on the way and, and they were told that they're not to leave the compound so first of all they're already mm -hmm. you know operating outside of the rules and it turns out this country has severe punishments uh for anything like that and it's always death um, and so like whenever he's put on trial, he, you know, because he killed somebody, the penalty is the family gets to kill him as, as, you know, uh, vent, you know, as part of their, uh, you know, the punishment, but they offer, and this is the weird thing. They offer anybody who can afford to pay them because it's kind of a money thing. Uh, the ability to have somebody stand in for the death, oh, but, shit. but there's a twist. There's a twist to that. They clone you make a perfect copy of you and you have to watch the clone die. Oh so my you're God. watching yourself murdered yeah. by somebody else. And that's kind of where the movie starts at is, or goes off from there is because like when you watch yourself be horribly murdered, it kind of, you know, like does something to you mentally. Oh yeah. And, and the rest of the movie, and, and it turns out that Mia Goth and her husband and, and some of the other people in the movie uh, have all been there. There are all these rich assholes that have had that happen, and now they're completely unhinged, and they, they do this out of fun. Oh, my they God. Intentionally, they intentionally get into trouble, go pay the money, and then watch their clones get killed in horrible ways. And, and there's also the possibility that the clone isn't the one that's dying. Oh, my God. 
you know, because their memories are the same up until the point whenever they're, you know, murdered. So yeah. it's kind of like who's really dying in this. And it's almost like it's almost like a metaphor for like these rich people are losing their souls as they like commit these horrendous crimes and like, you know, but there's no, they don't really have to pay for them. So it's, it, it's kind of like a commentary on the the rich and how they never actually pay for anything that they do. Uh, at least, you know, crime wise. Yeah. They they, 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 and it's, it's very interesting. Um, a lot of weird psychosexual stuff. There is a scene just like I said, like father, like son where Mia Goth is very nude in this movie and uh there's this real trippy sex scene that's happening and like somebody is like basically sucking on her nipple at one point and the nipple becomes a penile like uh, worm like thing Ew. and i'm like hmm just like daddy and rabbit just like that armpit you know worm like <laughs> thing it's, i was like okay <laughs> i don't like it <laughs> Uh, and, uh, let's see, there was, yeah, and Mia Goth just, uh, like, throughout the movie just becomes more and more unhinged. Like, Ooh. I mean, it's, it's all a game. So, I mean, very interesting movie. Uh, it's, the ending is one of those that doesn't really give you, like, any kind of satisfying conclusion if you're, you know, so a lot of people are, you know, aggravated about that. But I think everything leading up to that is worth a watch at least one time. This reminds me a little bit of Hostel 2. Not entirely, but just enough because in the second movie, one of the would-be victims was rich enough to buy herself out of it. Oh, okay. I don't know if you've seen Hostel or Hostel 2. No, um, I know we'll have to watch oh. that along with the uh, Human Centipede movies yes, here soon. Yes, Human so. Horror. They're good. Anyways, a um, little over the top, but I, I we'll, we'll see how you like it. But anyways, it's very rare we come across movies that I've seen that you haven't. <laughs> this the, is interesting. The torture porn movies I'd skipped. I skipped. Oh. I was out on those. Okay. Well, anyways, going back to that, yes, she. so she's able to buy herself out, but I'm not going to tell you what the twist to that is because it is what the twist you know, um, so I'll leave that alone because that's that's going to be interesting. Doubling back on your previous conversation, that's one of the weird things about Knock at the Cabin is that there is no twist. What you see is what you get in that movie. Oh, well, um, which is a strange one for M. Not. Yeah, so. I, I did kind of catch that. Although Mike and Thomas did try to say that there was, I don't know, uh, they, they, they went to the twisting, but they said one thing that they didn't like was its lack of simplicity, uh, which... I I have heard it's a convoluted movie mm -hmm. in the way that it's set up, but the, there actually is no twist. It's how they've got it, how yeah. I've heard it described. That, that's the twist, I guess, huh? Everyone's going to be looking for it. Well, I'm not now, but <laughs> people are going to be looking for the twist. Where's the fucking twist? <laughs> Uh, but Infinity Pool, like it's it's an odd one. It's I'm I'm happy that I watched it. Uh, the wife, uh, not so much, and I think it's because the ending. If it had more of a like bombastic ending that actually you know wrapped things up, I think she would have probably been okay with it because it had some interesting visuals along the way. But it's the way that it ends, like she was out. She's like that was dumb, like you know, and I can't blame her necessarily because it did have a you know just a non-ending, but. It to me, it kind of fit like the point of the movie too. Like, I mean, there's really no, 
the way that it's the way that the movie ends it, it basically there's no there's n- there's nobody holding these people accountable these rich elites that are doing these things and 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 they and they never have to suffer for what they do yeah um this is something that you can uh, discuss with me. Uh, the Last of Us. Have you been watching that? <laughs> I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. I don't know why. I don't know what my freaking anxiety is about that. But I keep hearing nothing but amazing things. I've even already seen kind of what the alleged creature looks like thanks to Saturday Night Live. And I know that's not exactly how it looks. but And so I'm like, okay, you... You've got that. It's not at all what you think it is. But people keep telling me about the damn game. And the game sounds goddamn horrific. And I'm like, this is, it is fucking terrible. It is very terrifying. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. is if this show is anything like that, I absolutely cannot now. No, I haven't. I'm only I'm still only two episodes in. Well, that's the thing. Uh, the show is not as horrific as the game, in my opinion. Yeah. And the reason for that is, is because the first two episodes are the ones that have the most, like, actual zombie presence in them. Mm-hmm. And the third and the fourth episodes completely remove that. It's all human-based, okay. if anything. Which is fine with me. I can, obviously, I can handle human horror for whatever reason, which is always an aspect or a consequence, I guess, of zombie-type situations apocalypse if you will yeah and and that's one of my problems with the third episode like when the third episode you're gonna have it's gonna be weird for you because it's 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 a good episode or at least in my opinion uh for what it does i've i've heard and and i can concede to this with some of the people like i've heard back and forth on you know where whether it's a good episode or not based upon what it does because it completely removes joel and ellie from the situation like they're only there to frame the episode and the whole entire episode is about two other characters that were in the apocalypse and you follow them from the start to the end or to the point where they're at now over a course of 20 years. And it's uh, Bill and Frank and it's, and it's basically more of a gay love story. (laughs) The apocalypse. I mean, that's really what it is. Um, it's interesting the fact that they show like a conservative libertarian type character who's a survivalist uh, actually thriving in the apocalypse. Shocker. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem comes in, and, and I've heard this argument from people, and I have this to a degree. They don't, when he's so good at surviving that there's really no threat through most of the episode. They show like, you know, they show one scene with this, one of the, the clickers as it were like trying to make its way into his, uh, you know, uh, walled in town that he's built or, you know, this walled in community. He basically took his, like his little town that he lived in and, and built like an electric electrified fence all around it. And there's one scene where he's watching a clickers. It's trying to make its way in and it trips one of his bomb or one of his traps and uh, it, it unloads like this shotgun blast into it and takes it out. And he kind of giggles and, sa- <laughs> you know, says it never gets old. And that's like their shorthand for like saying that the zombies are not a threat. He is like so beyond them ever being a, a problem to him. The issue I have is that later on, what should be a real threat to anybody who's got a walled in community is that they're going to be raided. I mean, if you're in the apocalypse, oh, yeah. especially 10 plus years on, 
if they see that your community is is well off enough to where they i mean especially if they're if it's i mean it's outside of the the qz it's outside of boston where joel and, and ellie's currently at yeah uh not by a long shot but it is it is you know off from that there's going to be roving bands of like raiders oh yeah and and not the, the show, las vegas raiders folks no and the show does not, it, it shows one attack, you know, Joel mentions to him that he needs to be prepared for Raider attacks whenever he first meets Joel. Uh, there's one attack after that, and then that's it. And I feel like that the shorthand of the show, there should have been something, and I discussed this with Cody a little bit, even if they'd had a little throwaway line, it's like, you remember all those times, or, you know, remember that, you know, th- those times that we were, you know, having to defend this town against the Raiders or, or whatever, just to acknowledge that they existed. But the show only really gives you one example of that. And it's, and the way that it plays out, it kind of betrays the character of Bill. And it also kind of betrays the, uh, the, intelligence of the the raiders themselves because the way that it's handled they just basically keep throwing themselves at his trapped wall that he has instead of actually trying to overcome it which you know if there was a group of raiders and they were trying to make their way into a heavily fortified area they would do everything they could to take down the wall first or the traps before they ever got there yeah i mean hell when you're playing the game you're going through bill's town without him around and you're actually disarming his traps because you know you have to to get get through parts of it and i just feel like there's they did a good job with trying to set up the story they did and it's very well told it's very emotional and the ending i mean will get to you the way that they 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 set it up but the problem is that they don't set up the threat well enough and it actually makes the threat overall threat that joel and ellie are facing kind of diminished Hmm. um the fourth episode is really good in the sense that it shows Joel and Ellie actually on the road together. They're bonding. And I, the, if nothing else, the visuals of this show are some of the best I've ever seen. If you want to see what an apocalyptic United States would look like, yeah. this is the show to watch. I mean, they have like the way they've built like these decayed like cityscapes and like the, and everything is just perfect. Like I, that's one of the things I'll give it credit. Um, that's scary. Uh, it's just, <laughs> I don't want to see yeah. that. Uh, the only, like I said, there is really not much of a threat. There, there's a weird threat that they introduce in the in the third episode or fourth episode, and they don't really. And it and there's a cliffhanger to the end of that, and we'll see tonight what that amounts to. But there is there's a scene where there's these uh, this group in the city that have like discovered like this underground like area and there's this broken concrete and like the concrete moves, like there's something horrific underneath it and they just, and they, and they freak out and they close the door and they say, we'll come back to this. We've not got time right now, but this has to be dealt with. So I don't know what's under that concrete. That's worse than what the clickers and everything else are. Maybe the, you know, the, the the fungus is mutated to where it's like actually like a tentacle beast or something. I don't remember that from the game, to be perfectly honest with you. So we'll see how that plays out. But yeah. it's, I, I think you'd be fine if you're worried about the clickers because they're really not – the third and fourth episodes, they're not even present in those. Yeah, I think the tension will build me up, so I can probably make it through those now that I kind of know. But like, okay, I'm going to be okay. I haven't played the game, but I can only guess that what's underneath the concrete is um, Tremors, you know? <laughs> Why not? If only – if only we had a uh, uh, Fred Ward back to be able to fight them, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, 
I also watched this weird movie called Freeway that I told you a little oh, bit about yeah. offline. That fucking sounds wild. It is basically a late 90s uh, version of The Big Bad Wolf uh, with Reese Witherspoon, a very young Reese Witherspoon, as a young prostitute who, or slash daughter of a prostitute, like I guess, you know, uh, like mother like daughter in this <laughs> sense. She's, tra- she's trailer trash. And I mean, like, you know, it, and, and it's funny because uh, Kiefer Sutherland's also in it. And he's playing like the serial killer that picks up women or young women like that. And he, you know, it's hinted that he, you know, uh, sexually assaults them and then he, and then he kills them. Uh, the problem is when he picks up Reese Witherspoon, she is a friggin' uh, nut job. So like she, she turns the tables on him with this pistol that she's kind of, uh, uh, uh ran away with and, she uh, just unloads like a series of bullets into him and it just so happens he doesn't die. And what they do is they turn the tables. She actually has to go to or be in prison while she's on trial for what she did to him. And there's a couple of investigators that think that believe her that, that he is the serial killer, but they, they, they're having to prove that while she's also on trial. And, 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 and the movie literally ends with uh, Kiefer Sutherland in her grandmother's bed that cause the whole mm-hmm. movie is her trying to get to her grandmother, her, her mom and her stepdad have, have been locked up. She's going to have to go back in the child protective services. The only family she's got left is her grandma. So she's on her way to grandmother's house, the entire movie. When she gets there, he has murdered grandma, uh, horrifically, you know, violated her body in all the ways that he can. Yeah. He is laying in the bed in grandma's clothing, just yeah. like in the story. And she goes ape shit on him and just like beats the hell out of him. And then like finally ends him with, you know, a couple more well-placed shots. So nice, very interesting version of, uh, the big bad wolf story. Um, if you, and if you want to hear Reese Witherspoon, just like go ape shit and like <laughs> cuss everybody out constantly. That's, that's what you get in this movie. <laughs> Far from her sweet home Alabama days, apparently. Uh, yeah, it was way before. Although she does have a similar accent, so there's oh, that. God. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's very southern in this movie. I don't know if she's really from the south or not. I, I've never researched her history, but hmm. uh, she is very southern in Freeway. She really um, does it well. But yeah, that, I don't know. I hear a lot of people kind of mock that stuff, which is funny because i get a texas accent but i get that from my family and they're from legitimately i lived out there for a minute so what's well, it's funny her character's supposed to be from texas and i feel like it's a little bit more put on than like a texas accent i've heard uh it's more like a i don't know like south tennessee north georgia <gasps> accent if anything but... she was born in new orleans well, Louisiana. maybe she's had some exposure to she uh... is from the south yeah, <laughs> although wow. New Orleans has their own. They have of, their own, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not what she's portraying in that, but anyways. <laughs> um, I got in a new uh, uh, 4K version, I believe it was, of Undead, which is this uh, zombie movie from like the early 2000s from, uh, uh, from um, Australia. And it's a really, that one's a wild movie. It's It's got aliens, it's got zombies, uh, it's got like this uh, badass uh, fisherman uh, survivalist as uh, one of the main characters. That that one we might end up covering in zombie season. I don't know. It's it's kind of goofy, but in a in a good way. 
Hmm. And the last thing I saw, which is not a horror movie, it's just I, I, I got it into, and it's been forever since I saw it. Have you ever watched the movie Sidekicks? I don't. I don't know. Hold on. Well, you can go ahead and talk because I'm going to research real quick. It is. Uh, it is a '90s <gasps> film. I did. <laughs> with, yeah, with Chuck Norris. Or was it Jonathan Brandis? I believe yes! the character, oh the my actor's name. God, I used to watch this over and over. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it 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 actually holds up. It's I mean, still a fun little film. He's you know, little he's a little asthmatic kid who's getting bullied all the time, and his best friend in his mind is Chuck Norris, and they're not like. It's not like one's, you know, like the the primary hero and the other one's the sidekick. They're both sidekicks according yeah. to the movie. And, you know, they and uh and it just wraps up with a they're having this big um karate kid style uh karate competition and uh he and just so happens that Chuck Norris is there and because uh Joe Piscopo's character, who's an asshole who runs the local dojo, has been like bad mouthing uh uh Chuck Norris the entire movie Chuck's like uh he finally gets pissed off and he's like okay I'll join your because the the group needs one more person yeah to be able to compete and Chuck's like all right I'll be the, I'll be the fourth person just because I want to kick that guy's ass and it's... yeah that's when you just <laughs> cancel the competition like you just like well we're just gonna watch a showcase of the best moves by Chuck Norris <laughs> because we can't have him physically fighting anyone I just I think it's hilarious because you know he's gone on to be his own meme basically. Oh yeah, like, you know, um, uh, Chuck Norris can never have a heart attack because his heart's too afraid to attack him. And, yeah, you know, all those memes. And oh my God. you know, watching this movie, you're sitting there thinking it's like Joe Piscopo, you're 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 pissing off the wrong dude. There's no like way that this is going to turn out well for you. So oh go ahead, do whatever you're going to do. God, okay, what brings up this movie? It, it just happened to be like one of the big releases that Vinegar Syndrome came out with like in January. Like it, you know, ever it's not been on like physical media since like, I think VHS and like for years people have been like, where's this movie? I want a Blu-ray of it. Yeah. And Vinegar Syndrome gave this big, I mean, it's like in this magnetic closure. It's oh got its God. own little book that goes along with it. And everybody was like freaking out. And I'm like, yeah, it's been a while. I'll, I'll you know, check it out. And I, I got the movie and then, I was just like, well, it, it kind of holds up. I remember watching it whenever I was a kid, but um, I kind of feel like it was in the, around the same time. I mean, there was all those, you know, uh, ninja movies that came out around the same time, but I almost feel like this one, for some reason in my mind, is the same as, like, Ladybugs. It's like, you know, oh, those, yeah. like, down-and-out tales. You got, like, some, you know, famous person. In that case, it's Rodney Dangerfield coming back to be, like, the one that, you know – does the bad news bears type thing or whatever and like gets them back in line. And this one's like Chuck Norris instead. So God, Jonathan Brandis kind of fell off. Yeah. He didn't really do anything after that movie to my knowledge, which I mean, the only there, uh, let's say you got, uh, you got one of the bridges in it. I think it's, uh, is it, is it Bo bridges? I believe might be in it. Uh, he's not like one of the famous ones. Jeff, his brother, is like way more famous. Hold on, and, I'm looking. Um, and then uh, the the chick who's like his girlfriend in the movie is the Winnie one, Cooper. Uh, Win, Winnie Cooper. Yeah. And she's actually on a lot of um, uh, Hallmark movies now because my wife mentions that she's in a lot of them. Oh, my God, and I love – I mean, I don't watch just the Hallmark ones. I usually watch the Hallmark Christmas ones. Yeah. So, Yeah. <gasps> Wait a second. Oh, my God. Well, this will explain some things. 
Did you know that Jonathan Brandis died in 2003? I did not know that. Holy shit. Uh, (gasps) He killed himself. Oh, geez. Holy shit. Yeah. That's kind of sad because I feel like, I mean, as a kid actor, he was one of the better ones of that time period. Yeah. uh, He, okay. So he was found hanged in his. Uh, Los Angeles apartment, but he didn't die till the following day. He's 27 years old. He didn't leave any suicide note or anything, but yeah, he was depressed about his waning career. Oh my God. That's insane. No wonder. <laughs> Holy shit. That's, and that's sad too, because it, it's one of those things where like if Robert Downey Jr. can come back from, uh, from basically pissing his entire career away and then like become Iron Man and then become one of the most famous people around, I feel like Jonathan Brandis had an, had an option there if he would have just, you know, not yeah. chose the route he did if that's what happened to him. I guess allegedly, I'm, I don't know if this was his last appearance, it doesn't say, but um, there was a war drama he was in, Hearts War, it looks like it was with Bruce Willis. And he was hoping that that would revive his career. Yeah, it looks like Bruce Willis was in it. And um, he was hoping that would revive his career. And I guess it's signif- they significantly reduced his role in the film, in the final edit. And he just started drinking heavily and followed through with his own threats of hurting himself. So, wow, dude. That's 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 always sad whenever that that happens. I mean, I, I knew that I hadn't seen him anything in years. I just figured that he just stopped acting or something. Yeah, that's that's, that's terrible. Yeah, some people um, just do. They kind of just step back and say, "Yeah, I'm done with Hollywood," and they do their own thing, you know. But that or if the they case. or they maybe like step out from in front of the camera and they go behind it and like do yeah. more directing or whatever else, you know. No, nope, that's, that's not the I sitch. Well, that's a bad one to end it on, I guess, (laughs) but uh, let's let everybody in and actually get to the the podcast. (laughs) Let's do it.